Yeah. Yes. Yes. MCs can't win. I make them rust like tin. They call me Jaws. My hat is like a shark spin. <laughs> What's up, America? Mr. You. Logical. Two five. We in the building. Sports reports is ordered. But you know what I didn't order? I didn't order that draft last night. I was sitting up here like, yo, what's Dame going to do? Where's Zion going to go? I was up here hype, actually thinking that something was going to happen. And then I got stuck with Jordan Poole. Womp, womp, womp. That was the move. Marcus Smart playing the role womp, womp. of Dylan Brooks and his life story when they could have just had Dylan Brooks play himself. But me and Mr. Logical are going to talk about the draft. We're going to hit you with some other news and notes from around the association. I've always wanted to say that. People like saying that now. Like yeah, yeah. I wanted to say that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like 2K used to be the association and then they switched it over to my league or whatever. Like that just don't hit the same. But Mr. Logical, it's Friday, June 23rd. Happy birthday to the oldest seed, the firstborn. What's going on up in New Jeru's? Yo, you know, I had to break out the Brooklyn Nets jersey. Shout out to Kyrie Irving, even though he plays in Dallas now. We might talk about him a little bit. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, like I said, the, the draft was, I mean, it was what it was. We were expecting it to be that way. Um, I was, went. yeah, it came and went. So simultaneously, I was uh, I'm picking up new hobbies. You know, as a retiree, as a vet, you got to stay busy. You got to keep your mind working or get stagnant. Like I said, we have this show, two, you know, two vets, no gimmicks. Uh, so my other little hobby here is just, you know, just trying to paint ones. I got them all taped up. I got my whole little setup here, you know, my Angelus paint, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, I was doing that while I was watching the draft. And uh, I, I think my favorite part of the draft, honestly, was the family interviews. A lot of full families, a lot of two-parent homes, a lot of black fathers. Shout out to black fathers, white fathers, too, but just dads in general. You know, for the same week, and you know, Father's Day, moms. a lot of white moms. <laughs> lot, like, but that's like that's that's this that's the draft. It's a lot of a lot of white moms. If the player is light skinned either his dad's Jawan Howard, his mom is light skinned or <laughs> his dad's Ghana. His, the and his mom's French. I'm so envious. You know, Listen, I, I told you I took mine down. You know, to get my to get it back. So, you know, yeah. sometimes you just got to clean up. You got to clean yeah, up. Yeah, you got to make a comeback, you know. Don't call it a comeback. Damn. I've been here for years, you know. But I was watching this draft. And before we get into, like, the individual stuff that stood out to us, um, you know, I've been seeing people. My guy, Rajon, you know, props to Rajon. You know, check out Real Talk with Rajon, national radio now. But, you know, he was uh, talking about how he didn't know any players in this draft. Like, it's hard to get into the draft when you don't know anybody and you know like back in the day you know some players used to come from high school but we knew about them like if you were coming you know we knew about kobe we knew we heard of kg we heard of t-mac you know and then they came out with one and done. Fair, dwight howard yeah yeah then they came out with the one and done you had your john walls and boogie cousins and people like that now you got like overtime elite and uh a bunch of overseas dudes I blame the one and done rule. The mm -hmm. one and done rule is the reason. Well, people like to blame AAU. And I think, I mean, you, you can look to that. But even out of the AAU circuit, they're still plucking out 
the best NBA talent out of that. So it could be it could be twenty thousand kids. I'm pretty sure there's more. It could be twenty thousand kids across the country playing AAU, not learning how to play defense. Listen, everybody who plays basketball at sixteen, who happens to be six two, six three, six four, they might not make it to the NBA. But the NBA and colleges are finding the best players who play at those whenever opportunity they get. If they're going to play at their high school, but the AAU players, the one and done rule, and not paying these guys. So the NCAA's one-and-done rule or the NBA's one-and-done rule and NCAA not paying guys is the reason that you don't know who these players are. Because I'm going to go back to Brandon Jennings. Remember, he was the number one player and he wanted to come out and they were like, no, you got to go to college. He was like, I don't want to go to college. I I played some pickup with some of these NBA guys. And I'm like, hopefully he went back to college. I'm better. I think, you know, now a lot of the guys tend to go back. Um, You go to school online. I got homework tonight. So... (laughs) When they um, so when they weren't paying these guys, these guys started going overseas. Well, when you weren't going overseas, you weren't getting, you know, a lot of visibility. So now, as basketball has become deliberately more global, with the NBA like expanding mainly to China and then kind of expanding from there. Guys are like, cool. So I can go play in Australia and get some run and get paid, or I can play now in these ignite, you know, these G League. Yeah, I was going to ask you leagues. that. You know, you have a athlete son. You know, um, if he was a basketball prospect, would you, as you're mentoring him and looking at helping him with his decision process, and he was a big name prospect, would you look at overtime elite or something along those lines, or would you still go to college route or advise him to go to college route? The I would advise I would advise to go to college route with insurance policies, mm-hmm. so you can you can essentially. Like Jameis Winston went back to college and put an insurance, got an insurance policy that essentially he could like get money from. Because, because he was going to get, they knew he was going to be the number one pick in the draft. So you can, and now with the, with your NIL deals, I would have him go the college route until the, until overtime, you know, expands. And becomes a more competitive, and then you got to get some overtime guys that hit. Like we're going to talk about the Thompson twins. Um, if the, these guys hit, then the kid who's 16 right now, about to head into his senior year, going to turn 17, he might say, "You know what? I'm going to try overtime elite. I'm not going to go to Kentucky. I'm going to go to o- overtime elite. Kentucky's still going to get another great player at that position. So Kentucky's not going to hurt. But if this guy was a Top 15 out of the top 100. Yeah, like, cool, I'll go to overtime elite. But the Thompson twins that are out, they're going to have to hit in order to drive the buzz for the league and then get, you know, maybe more teams, get more buy-in, maybe get, like, real, you know, investors, maybe other NBA guys. I don't know what the legalities of it are. Mm-hmm. But the traditional college route, if you are a blue-chip athlete, do it. If you are an exciting player with the buzz like Mikey Williams, I'd go overtime elite. Because if you go to college with the buzz from all your AAU stuff, mm-hmm. and then you're at Vanderbilt and they're like, hey, we need you to run this, you know, this four out offense or this motion offense or this pick and roll, or this pick and pop, or we need you to play off the ball. You're like, I haven't done that since I was 12 years old. <laughs> and then you don't you don't look right. So now you don't get run. Or maybe a buzz, you know, like, you know. So it, I think the overtime elite will match your your Instagram stardom 
Whereas if you're just like a guy like a like a traditional rated four or five star, I would go to a college route. Yeah, I think the college just gives you, and I know we live in this era of social media, you know, uh, reels and TikTok and all that stuff like that. But there's no advertisement to me like being a part of March Madness, I guess, you know, becoming a household name, you know, especially if you're already at a big university, like say Duke or Carolina, Kentucky, you're probably playing on big Monday or super Tuesday every, every other week at the very least playing against other, you know, big name prospects that we can kind of see like, you know, Hey, this guy, you know, Derek Lively, you know, how did he do against Kansas this year? Or how did he do against Michigan State and Tom Izzo? And the Aaron Fox versus Lonzo Ball. And yeah, the stuff like that. Pretty where's, much got him drafted. They were like, where's well, like, I know that the Thompson twins went to overtime elite. I don't know who they played against, you know, for the most part. And they got a hit, you know, and so starting off our like draft reaction, that was one of the things that stood out to me because, you know, as a Washington Wizard fan, you know, uh, they picked Jairus Walker originally at number eight. And I said, well, hey, like, this is your Swiss Army knife. You know, um, not quite Draymond kind of guy, but, you know, he can initiate some offense. He, he's a great defender for, co- you know, for a college player. You know, he can do the things. He can handle the ball. He can lead the break, all this stuff at 6'8", you know, closer, probably close to 240. So, you know, it was intriguing to me. And then I brushed my teeth and <laughs> I came back and they picked up, no disrespect, the other French dude. You know, Zab <laughs> Balao <laughs> Kalabali, who was teammates on Mets 92 with Victor Wimbenyama. And then this is what I promised you right here. So, you know, so yeah, yeah it made me think of DeAndre Hunter and Jarrett Culver from Virginia and Texas Tech, respectively. Because going into March Madness, they ended up playing in the national title game against each other. Going into the tournament, I don't remember them being top shelf draft prospects. Yeah. But but then they went through the tournament, those six games, made it to the national title game. And all of a sudden, they were surefire, can't miss, and neither one of them has done anything. So so I'm looking at uh, Bilal here, who averaged five and three during the regular season of you know his his season with Mets 92 and then in the postseason he stepped up he got to eight and three and then all I heard was like this guy is a lottery pick he has potential to be a top five player in this draft and I'm sitting there like that makes sense if he came back from five and three and then that went to 16 and seven and you could say like he stepped it up when it mattered the most, but his rebound stayed the same and his points went up by three. At five and three or eight and three, where are you impacting the game? Right. So so the good news for him yeah, is that last year he was 5'11. He was 5'11 last year. Now he's 6'8. So that's the good news for him. You know, so maybe you're looking at him from the standpoint of as a 5'11 dude, he had these moves. He was a guard. He had the dribble thing going on. And now at 6'8", you would like to think that he doesn't lose any of that. And the it makes Anthony him Davis, shiftier. Yeah, the, the Anthony, Anthony Davis, Davis effect. hope, yeah. You know, like, but, oh, but afterwards. He was 6'1", as a junior, and he was 6'11", as a senior, and he still had all his handles. But afterwards, I tossed my remote and said, of course the Wizards would do this to me. Because instead of drafting Kaysen Wallace, not just because he went to Kentucky, but they, instead of drafting Kaysen Wallace, they're going to take over Jordan Poole's contract. 
you know so it was like so the draft was just like a whole lot of emotion for me because i was like with all this shit going on can can, can dame lillard please just like it turn heel so much like the nfl draft has a ton of smoke and mirrors but even as a novice fan you could look and say right now if the like after aaron Rodgers said he was going to the new york jets and if the jets were sitting at three you know they're not taking a quarterback because it's like you don't need two of those guys. So there's a lot of draft picks where it's like you don't need this other player. You just took them because you didn't have a, a backup plan for another deal. Like Scoot Henderson to, to Portland. Unless you plan on running back the C.J. McCollum, Dame Lillard era, where they got to Western Conference Finals. Without C.J. McCollum shooting. So it's just like, what are you <laughs> like? What is your like? What what are, what are you trying to build? As we just watched, we just watched Denver win an NBA championship with a pretty balanced team of a la like some of your older previous Spurs teams. Big man in the middle, fundamental. Granted, Tim Duncan didn't have the ball like Jokic, but he's essentially we need six points in a row. We can get this guy the ball in the block and he'll get us points somehow, either off the screen, pick and roll, or the bank shot. Jokic was basically giving at the Denver and then Ginobili playing the Murray role. And everybody, all these teams are just out here just drafting guys they already have. Are you, you ready for uh, the hot take question of the day? Let's hear it. Because you know, I don't normally do hot takes. Like I just say shit that goes against the grain, but this one might be a hot take question. So is Brandon Miller going to be the Darko Milicic to Scoot Henderson's Carmelo? <laughs> if if he if the if the lights of the tournament were too bright and that's why he played down like that, then it could be tough because he doesn't have a lot of time in Charlotte. That team is one bad season from breaking it all up. And moving pieces. You already had the great, you know, one of the greatest basketball players of all time was your owner. Decide, you know what? I didn't get the number one pick. I'm out. And he you got his what? money. He's going to leave. Like, I know Michael Jordan got, like, probably the hugest ego ever in sports. But why are you drafting players that you could still beat one-on-one? That don't even make sense. If I could beat you one-on-one, you can't play for my team. Yo, he he, he did it. But I think Jordan doesn't care. <laughs> I think they said, like, you know, we watched the last dance. He was chasing dude down for a dollar. You lost a dollar to me. I want my money. And they're like, you doing all this did for he, a Did he ever make up with Barkley? I, I don't, I think they still have a little, uh, I think it's still tenuous. We'll use that word, you know, since we're in the media scope now. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I like, I think every team should at some point just like go young. But you got to marry the, the 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 young aspect of your team to a good coach, and you got to let it ride because it could work. Like say uh, Houston, Houston, because I like what Houston did last night. I, I like it if they can convince the players they drafted to just like yo, let's if we can keep teams to one hundred and six points. We can go 50 and 32 realistically. Like, if you can keep, because I think Miami was last and they were probably around like 108, 109 points. 
So if you can defensively keep teams in that range, because people talk about the West, it's not a lot, it's not that much firepower. If you think about the league, like across the league, the teams, like the top five teams that people are probably picking to win a championship all have holes. They all have guys who opted out of contracts or they're old. So you have teams like the Lakers. They have talent, but their talent's old. The Warriors, they have talent, but their talent's old. Milwaukee, they have talent. Their guys opt out. Drew Holiday's always talk about retiring. Uh, then if you... You want to call Dallas a potential contender because they still technically have Kyrie and Luka? Maybe. Obviously, Denver for the back-to-back. Back back. Um, so you, you have an opportunity as a team like Houston, young, Coach Carter style. Like, listen, you didn't teach us any plays. He's like, what we do at practice? Run? What do you think I want you to do in a game? <laughs> Run? Mm-hmm. Yes. Get the rebound and go. Go so, to the hoop. So, so you remember... Speaking of Kyrie, but not Kyrie, speaking of Dallas, you know, I always refer to them as being a disgusting little team. <laughs> so you mean to tell me that they tanked, ended up with the number 10 draft pick, just to trade down to 12? That's what you tanked for? Now, granted, they got the right player as far as, like, what they need. I don't know how good Derek Lively is. Like, he has the potential – I saw the little clip of him shooting threes and everything, but nobody was on him or anything. Shoot threes. You, you know, but the rebound, block shots, and dunk. And, and he was doing that at Duke. Their defensive numbers while he was on the floor, you know, playing defense were awesome. They were off the chart, you know, but he didn't really provide anything offensively, you know. So as a seven-footer in college, I need you to give me like 14 and 11 or something, you know, like, so, so, so like, yeah, he'll run the court, catch some alley-oops from Luca, Kyrie, That's whenever right. Kyrie feels like passing, he give could, he 12, could, give me 12 points off of putbacks and lobs, give me 12 rebounds, give me two and a half blocks. Hopefully they didn't draft like 18 year old JaVel McGee basically is what I'm getting at here. It's like I said, it's just you, when you're, when you're that big, I mean, the size of these guys, like I said, I have one friend that's six six, and to me, he looks like a giant. These guys are six, four, five, six, seven inches taller than you know my mm-hmm. tallest friend. And then you look at their blocks, and it's like you don't have, you don't average three blocks a game, and you're six foot eleven in college. In college, and in the NBA, I mean, yeah, they shoot a lot of threes, but the dudes coming to the rim, you should be blocking Scoot Henderson shot every single time he comes to the rim. Yeah, at least contesting it if you're six foot eleven, six ten. You shouldn't be looking to do anything else. Like you should literally go onto the floor and say, hey, "Coach, don't even pass me the ball in the offensive end. I'm just doing pick and rolls. I'm setting hard screens. I'm getting rebounds." Mm-hmm. And and that should and you should be good with that. You can you can get your big extension off of being able to do that. So so you I got remember s- Dennis Rodman not because he shot threes because he was a crazy rebounder. Right. So I got some more stuff, but what's something that stood out to you? I like the, the I like the, the twins going back to back, and I hope that, like I said, for the sake of the college athlete or the amateur athlete getting paid and riding that buzz, I hope the overtime elite players do well because I think you need diversity. What's what's happening in a lot of sports is that, like we talked about with baseball, baseball just has essentially their pipeline of players from the Caribbean, Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, Cuba. And then they have the players in the United States that play travel baseball. It's essentially a monopoly on the baseball talent in the United States. 
And then they have the programs that are just sending kids from the Caribbean to the league. There's not much diversity. So when they only had college and these guys are doing one and done, the only successful one and done stories were guys who went to Duke, Kansas, Memphis, you know, guys doing one and done. I mean, you had Kevin Durant that went to Texas somehow from Maryland. I don't know how much money he got to do that, but I don't know why kids from Maryland would go to Texas. Don't you dare accuse easy money sniper of taking listen, bribes. Tweet me. Uh, listen, everybody's getting paid. Every single person was getting paid. Even if you went to some school, Wortham College in the middle of Iowa, somebody gave you a steak when you went to the restaurant because you played good <laughs> that night. Like in Omaha every steaks over in Nebraska, yeah, shipping yeah, them the over. Gym, the gymnasts are getting free protein at GNC out <laughs> in Long Beach Poly University. Like, let's stop friend. Like, come on, stop it. Yeah. Uh, those are allegedly. Sorry, I got to say this. You, you know allegedly. who stays true to themselves? The Miami Heat. They stay so true to themselves. When they he came, strapped the role player? Yeah, Jaime Hawkins. Uh, um, I was sitting there, right, because uh, Whitmore was still on the board at the time. You know, of course, he was supposed to be a top five pick that I wanted on the Wizards, but then he fell all the way to Houston at 20. So, like, a lot of these teams passed over him. And, you know, like, we talk about the 3 and D. He's the quintessential 3 and D, and everybody still passed over him anyway. So I was like, well, Miami. Instead of all these undrafted dudes, I mean, I know Struess was good for you. I know Vincent was good for you. Here you go. Bonafide 3 and D dude that could lock down the perimeter with Jimmy Butler. And then they were like, no. Hashtag heat culture. And I'm like, okay, you are who you are, so I'm not even mad at it. I mean, maybe the, maybe these guys, while the interview, uh, maybe Whitmore, just maybe they gave him a vibe that, you know, he didn't want to come to the heat or some, some along those lines with the interview, or maybe some guys just, they just wow you in the interview. Or maybe and he got some Brandon Roy going on. Shout out to, that, that would be pretty awful. Shout out to Gilbert Arenas for about, what I'm about to say. I got, he said he went to the draft process and one of the coaches asked him, would you want to make the game winning play at the end of the clock? Would you like to get the game winning assist, the game sealing steal, hit the game winning shot, or like the game winning play or something along those lines? And he was like, I'm sitting in there. He's like, I don't want to tell him the truth because everyone knows I want to shoot the ball. <laughs> he was like, So I had to think of something. He was like, I was thinking, he's like, you know what? I'd rather get the game sealing rebound because it's one versus nine, and I won by grabbing the rebound. And they were like, hmm, interesting. He was like, he's like, he's like, don't be fooled. <laughs> right at that, he's like, "Don't be fooled." He's like, "Guys, give whatever answer we're prepped for." So yes, I would have been dumb. Great. I would have been like, "Whatever wins the game." Like, I don't even know how I would answer that question. Unless, well, we all do the thing in our like backyard or like in on the hoop, you know, three, three two, two, one, you know, like so. I mean, like that would probably be the obvious answer, but like, but I think I would just be like, "Yo." Whatever wins the game, you know, there's going to be other, there's always going to be a shot opportunity. There's always I going probably to be say something like, uh, I, I feel <laughs> I'm a leader, I feel like I'm a natural born leader, and I walk in, so I would, I'd want to hit the game winning shot to show the team that you know they can rely on me to be led to the promise land. Blah blah blah. I probably would have said something like that, but either yeah. way, they already, as long as you don't show up to the, to the thing 
too drunk because even Gronk was drunk during his pre-draft stuff. They said he passed out on the floor in the <laughs> Patriots facility, and Bill Belichick walked in and they still drafted him. Yeah, because he's six foot seven. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, I don't runners. know like, how bad you have to do the workout or the interviews to drop that far. Like, it's one thing if you fall from five to eleven. You know, like he fell almost to the to the end of the first round. Well, where they had him projected to go? They had him projected somewhere between four and six. You know, like so, like four right outside. Six. Well, four and seven. I'm sorry, but right outside the top five, basically. So if we look at it, we like I said, I like the Thompson twins. I like the story. I like the family aspect of it. Mm-hmm. But did the Rockets need a six seven guard? Like, did the Pistons need? Well, it depends. I mean, they had Jalen Green in trade rumors, you know, to make room for Harden if he ends up coming. Like, so you're you're drafting based off of a potential rumor of the player you already have versus saying I've had this guy in my organization for two years. Now I'm getting a new coach. Let me get pieces to support him with this draft pick versus to compete with him. Potentially another project at that. Potent and another project at that where you're like, I draft. We just drafted this guy. This new we regime, don't know. This new coach. We don't and know what the like, Thompsons okay, are. We like, want you to do what Jalen Green does, and Jalen, we want you to do something different. He's like, Yo, I was already here for two years doing that. Have yeah, him we, do the different thing. They're yeah, like, we nah, don't know we, what the Thompsons are. Like based off of the level of competition that they, because because like everybody talks about the athleticism, but. Are they just like who are we comparing you to? Seventeen-year-olds, yeah. Yeah, like if am I comparing you to someone like like so Zion, right? When he was in high school and everything, and they had that short like, dude. What were they supposed to do with him? You know what I mean? But now he's been in the NBA. Granted, he's been hurt, but when he's on the floor, he's shown you, I can do this. You know, so we we have our answers. He just has to stay healthy. But with yeah. these guys, you know, they were already, you know, I guess of college or professional age still playing against the dude Zion was playing against potentially. Yeah, I think they were playing against a lot of like fresh 18-year-olds, maybe 19-year-olds, and I think they're 21 or very close to it. Uh, I thought the Jazz made a very Jazz pick. Just a very simple You should have saw me and Lindsay in here. I was like, uh, for number nine, I was like, wouldn't it be so Utah to draft Grady Dick right now? And that's what I was thinking. I was thinking <laughs> the same thing. I was like, because I wanted to see that suit that he had on. I was like, I got to see this on. What is but love? Baby, I don't just, hurt me. I think he just did that just so people would talk about him forever. Because that was a terrible choice. Like, come on, man. <laughs> well, he like well, this, he talked about it, about being like a homage to uh, the Wizard of Oz since he's from Kansas. He should have yeah. done the shoes. He could have done it's a gotta regular... Be the shoes. He could have done a regular black joint with the shoes and people would have talked about how dope the shoes were. Yeah. Being from Kansas. Like that's what Dorothy did. Dorothy didn't wear. <laughs> yeah. So 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 go so let's shoes. go back to Utah. Finish your point about Utah. Taylor, I mean, it just was like a solid pick. A guy's gonna come in. Um, I love how all the commentators just basically insert all of these draft picks into the starting lineup. <laughs> Like they always, oh yeah, you got him and Max, you know, Kessel down there blocking shots. It's like, yeah, you're working on the assumption that they're both going to be on the floor at the same time, or that these guys are going to make the active roster because some of them are going to still be in in very, very, very nice track suits. 
sitting next to fans on the far end of the bench, passing towels down from the trainer. Like, so some of these guys aren't going to play. So that's what I like to pick. Uh, his percentage from three, they were talking about a heat shot. He was, and then he had some stat 1.7 points per game in transition, was like number one for anybody over six, eight. I mean, it was a very ESPN NBA TV kind of statistic. <laughs> um, other than it's, I think it was just trying to outline, you know, a- analytics reference to his hustle. Uh-huh. You know, instead of saying he hustles, he's a, you know, he gets points at the rim and transition. They broke it down to that new, that scientific nuance, that mathematic nuance. It was like, yo, he plays really, really hard. He hustles every play. Like that's that's all I need. I did. I mean, granted, it's an interesting stat, and I'm using now my podcast, but it's just like <laughs> for someone else is like, do I need to know as a scout? Do I need to know that he averaged 1.7 points transition points? Does he so run he, hard? Yeah, that's it. So you know, another thing that stood out to me is, you know, I get it right. Somebody posted in the group about uh, Trace Jackson Davis from Indiana talking about how people were going to regret him falling to the second round. Like, all the projections I saw had him at, like, Denver. Like, you know, basically in that, like, 27 to 30 range or whatever anyway. So it's not as if you were a top 15 pick that fell all the way down. But, like, so, but keeping it there, what stood out to me was the undrafted players. You know, I know this is a draft. It's about potential you want to go young so that way you have time to develop these guys. 23 but, is still young. I know. That's what that's where I'm going with. That's where I'm about to go. So, so you got people is still young. Well, you got people like Oscar Sheboy, who just last season was the Naismith player of the year. And now he's the first Naismith player of the year ever to not get drafted. You got Drew Timmy, the Mr. Mustache from Gonzaga, not get drafted. You got Adama Sonogo who dominated the paint for UConn, the national champion UConn, by the way, not Connecticut, but UConn. You know, he dominated the paint. And none of them got drafted, you know, because big men are being phased out, you know? So, like... But yet a dude who averaged five and three in France got drafted. In number the top seven. Eight, number yeah, seven number seven, yeah. Yeah, so, and I liked... So, I liked Jairus Walker going to Indiana because Indiana is, like... A confusing team like they have a lot of talent but i don't feel like they have a lot of parts that they need to be successful you know like they've been trying to trade buddy hill for some reason even though he's one of the best shooters in the league you know they got halliburton who's a pretty good shooter and a great point guard you know they got miles turner who they've been trying to trade that locks down the paint you know they, they just drafted ben matherin who Started off last season, like, coming off the bench as a rookie, but scoring the most points in, like, the first five games off the bench to start a career or something, you know, and then... Another one of those stats. Yeah, but then, they didn't, but then they didn't have that power forward slash, you know, Swiss Army knife that I referred to Jairus Walker being, so he fits there, but I don't know if it matters if you end up trying to move Heald and Turner anyway. Yeah, that's the thing. So, like, as, as teams are, are building... You know, like they're building their teams, they're getting young players. I think Detroit has a good opportunity to with the with a coach that has first of all the contract in and of itself, I think gives you a few years. Like I said, we talked about it when mm-hmm. the, the news first broke. Because there's so much money, you're gonna give them three years. 
minimum, like three full seasons. You have to because you're pay- you'd be paying out so much money if you don't. And Eastern Conference isn't like hyper strong. I mean, you have Miami, Milwaukee, Boston, Philly. If Harden comes back, I guess. But if 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 Harden doesn't come back, Philly's a six seed at best. Just that just something that simple. Well, they're gonna have to make that move. But if they mm-hmm. if they don't get Harden back, they could easily fall from three to six. So there's room for a team like Detroit, a team like Cleveland to keep, you know, to to maybe rise up. So it's not like two, it's not out of the realm of possibility well, that speaking of Cleveland, well. did you see their second round draft pick? Monty Bates. Yeah. See if All it works. Grace. It's, you gotta, I mean, you gotta give these guys an opportunity. And I think sometimes just you gotta fall in the right position. So he's falling to a team that's was number four. In the East mm-hmm. last year, yeah. and they made a big trade at the in the middle of the year. So you give them an off season. They have you know great talent, Jared Allen. Yeah, and they got uh, him at number forty nine. So you know, send him to the G League if you need to, or or give him a shot. Or give him a shot. Like, give him a shot. I mean, it's like, what is it going to hurt if you just give this guy a shot? So I, I like I like those picks. I like those moves. You know, I like, like actually the East because I, I don't think like real life, like my, my bad to cut you off. But if we think about it, realistically, there's like three or four teams that you can project next year could be in the NBA Finals. As as the way rosters are currently constructed, and that's Denver because they have all their pieces, and I think only Bruce Brown is demanding is going to command. Yeah, he opted money. out. Yeah, uh, Miami because just that that experience and not really paying a lot of money to anybody not losing anyone boston obviously even with the porzingis deal we'll talk about here in a few minutes and milwaukee maybe but they got to get middleton back and they got to get him to agree to a real number that can pay him for amount of games he's gonna play but really that's it you got one team out west and three out east that should be considered as an nba oh, so, so no so no respect for the four-time champs huh Golden State? Yeah. Now we could transition to that. Well, no, well, not yet, not yet. But but yeah, we're gonna do that. Yeah. Yeah, because because I just wanted to say, I just wanted to say, um, I never thought I would ever say this. But I actually like the Hornets draft. Like, I like what the Hornets did. You know, they got Brandon Miller, who we'll see. We'll see. But at the very least, he's a six nine shooter. You know, that's I his profile. I don't see it in his face. We'll we'll his, see. His, his you know, face, they got Nick Smith. Looks- he looks soft. They got Nick Smith from Arkansas, you know, who was top in his class coming out, had some injuries, played well towards the end, minus the UConn game in the tournament, but nobody played well against UConn in the tournament. And yeah. then they got Amari Bailey from UCLA, who, if nothing else, can probably knock down open shots and will be somewhat of a lockdown defender. So, so, so I like what they did there because, you know, usually when we look at Charlotte, we come back two or three years later and say, well, this is the person they could have had, but then they did this, you know, and, so. But you presented that you you presented that something about Brandon Miller's like his. When I looked at him, he just he just didn't look like he had like the intensity. 
Mm-hmm. He, like he, he reminds looks, me of he Wiggins. He looks like somebody you can snatch out of his. You can snatch some out of his hand. He reminds me of Wiggins in that way. Like you can snatch his phone. Like, like out you of have his the hand ability. Like go through his shit, and he wouldn't say anything. <laughs> like he has the ability, but does he have the? And, and and I know I know people gonna kill me for this one. Like Vince Carter, like you know what I mean. You got all the talent in the world, but why is it not looking like Kobe? You know, or like why aren't you looking like T Mac? All I'm saying is that he's lucky that Jordan got his money and he's gone. Because I, I don't see. I, oh, he I would see, be the next on the list of people Jordan beat one on one. Yeah, because it's like I, I just, I didn't see like he got drafted second overall. I didn't see any emotion. Like I said, I watched the the, the parent interviews. It just felt very just blah. Mm-hmm. Like it just felt it felt like the way he played in the tournament. It just it just it just feels like a guy who who's like feels like he's done with basketball. Like his face had that like it didn't have like this 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 excitement to it. Mm-hmm. You know, you listen to Scoot talk, you listen to the guy, uh got guy, I think he got drafted out of Houston, I can't remember, but he had his family and all his pictures inside of his suit, and he had HPT on the outside of his suit. He had his brother there with him. And then, you know, Jawan Howard and his son and his son was like emotional. It just felt like Brandon Miller just was like very just robotic. And like I said, and he's small, so he's going to get pushed around. I could just see him just getting pushed around and just they're pulling him out of the game and putting him on the bench. Well, you know, I was the other team I wanted to highlight real quick before we moved on because they deserve to be talked about because they are the world champion. Denver Nuggets. So I was looking at them, and me and you always do a lot of talking about roster construction. And, you know, we were talking about Jokic being the big, and but everybody else is going small and trying to do all this and all. So so, so I was looking at their draft, and, you know, they got, uh, you know, Strother from Gonzaga, you know, who I think of as like a 6'7", you know, version of like Malik Monk. You know, they got uh, Jalen Pickett from Penn State. You know, just depending on what you think, he could be Andre Miller-ish kind of. He's more of an in-the-lane scorer, so maybe he can replace the Bruce Brown production in some ways down the road. And then um, they got this Hunter Tyson kid who kind of reminds me of, uh, hopefully I'm saying his name right, it's been a while, Miritich that uh, used to play for the Bulls. You know, so I'm looking at Denver, and I'm just like, they just went Golden State on y'all. You know, like when Golden State had Sean Livingston and Barbosa, you know, they had these dudes that like maybe they weren't necessarily all three-point threats, but they were a threat to get to a spot and make you pay for it. So so um depending if they pan out the way that, and I'm not saying that any of them are gonna be all-stars or anything like that, but if they just pan out to be solid the way that I think they can, that just adds another layer of Denver of Hopefully, you better hope that they can't play defense because I don't know how you're going to stop Denver's offense. But that's the thing when you have an offensive system that runs through a couple of different guys, up to three guys at times. If you're out there just playing defense, just roll to the hoop, Aaron Gordon style. They don't call plays for Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon got a rebound and he looked up and it was like, All right, Max Struess is down. He's the only dude in the paint. I'm just going to go dunk it. Yeah. He would just go to the hoop. And then when they would switch out, he would get the lobs. Jokic was like throwing them. Oh, look, speaking of Aaron Gordon, right there, dunking <laughs> on the highlights. I mean, it was an offensive foul they didn't call, but I mean, I feel you. 
Yeah, Blake like, Griffin I, I style. I think when you are when you win, I think Greg Popovich talked about this. He was like, sometimes you need to lose that way. You need to lose a close game that way you can make adjustments. Because if you hit the game winning shot, then you'll you won't look at your the adjustments you need to make because whatever play you drew up in the final seconds you won. So I think it's te- teams that lost, they made different kind of moves. They make some trades. I think after a while with this these draft picks, you're just picking players. Because you have to pick players. A lot of these guys don't play. Think about it. How, how many rookies made real impact on teams last year? Like throughout the season where you were having a conversation with anyone that talks basketball about like a rookie. So Even I brought so, 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 so really, we didn't get a much lot of lot of buzz. So I brought up Jalen Williams from OKC and everybody said who? There's two of them on OKC, right? There's two of them on OKC. Both of them named Jalen Williams. Yeah. And that's the thing. So it's like even that part should be interesting. And we talked about Chad Hogan, but he didn't play. Right. And he was just – he was the anomaly because of his size and his his height and lack of Mm -hmm. size. And then he put a little bit of – they got some Photoshop pictures of him with, you know, muscles. It's like, calm down. All right. So so while we put the bow on this – so while we put the bow on this, who's your – I mean – Let's make this interesting. Besides Wimbenyama. We didn't even who, talk about Wimbenyama. We ain't got to. We ain't got to. 40 minutes. You know what I'm saying? But 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 but, but besides Wimbenyama, who could win rookie of the year? Scoop. Okay, let me rephrase. Besides Wimbenyama and Scoop, is there anybody no, else that not, you see that stands no, the out? Reason, that, the reason that I could. say Scoop, the reason I say Scoop isn't just because you know people had him rated so high. It's the fact that he's gonna go play with the guy that he can literally emulate from the parking lot through the locker room onto the court. He he talked about being involved in the community. Damian Lillard does that. He's big in the community in Portland. He's big in the community in Oakland. Uh, being a good shooter, like Dame, Dame is one of the top shooters in the league. He always calls himself too, so he's very modest. So you could follow a guy that's very humble. Mm-hmm. And then just your ability to flat out score in that offense that seems to be geared for a guy athletic 6'2, 6'3 range. So he can literally emulate what Damian Lillard does, a la what I used to do with my cousin who was a couple years older than me. I'd watch how he moved, I watched how he dressed, I watched how he talked to girls. I did all of that. And because of that, like I, you know, I picked up on so much, so much of the good thing that he did and his, his ability to talk to people and things like that. I I just watched him. And I think if you are Scoop and you can watch Dame Lillard mm-hmm. and you're not in competition with Dame Lillard, Dame Lillard's established. Whereas you got guys in with the Houston, Jalen Green, like you're, I'm trying to get an extension. You're my competition. Mm-hmm. Dame Lillard's like, cool, I got $58 million coming after this season, after I get this 45. So Scoop, yeah, you can take 16 shots a game. It's not going to hurt me because now I can chill over here, keep my legs and knees and shoulders right and still get, 20 my 20 shots up and maybe you shoot he shoots 47 to 50 percent on those shots he still get you 25 30 points i'm gonna hold out hope for whitmore hopefully the drop will motivate him provided that there's nothing medical you know and all that kind of stuff going on because we don't know why we haven't heard anything yet about why he dropped so far so i'm gonna hold out hope you know um i also like real quick you know um Maybe not in the rookie of the year race, but now it makes me wonder what Atlanta's doing because they drafted both Kobe Bufkin and Seth Lundy. And I think Lundy can be a bigger 
he ain't going to shoot the way that Trey Young shoots, but he can be a bigger scorer that can take over if they do end up trading Trey Young. So, but I'm gonna stick with Whitmore for the time being. But while we're talking about all that, we're gonna move forward and talk about your Mr. Logical crazy ass Chris Paul and Kyrie Irving theory. Oh yeah, here we go. Yeah, y'all gonna hear it here. I ain't forget first. about it. I ain't forget about it. Okay. <laughs> so this is what I, I think is a potential. I think that Golden State buys out Chris Paul simply because he does not fit anywhere in that in that offense. You can get on TV all day and talk about how it's a great move. It isn't. It's like the Chiefs trying to sign Lamar Jackson. Like, yeah, he's talented. He does not fit there at all. Nothing. They don't run pick and roll. They don't let one dude hold the ball. The person who doesn't have the ball is constantly moving. Clay is always moving. Steph is always moving. Andrew is always moving. Draymond does not look at the rim. So he's literally, is he just going to stand there and set screens for Chris Paul while he dribbles the ball? Yeah, he's already the Chris Paul. He's already Chris Paul. (laughs) So I figured I'll buy him out and then they'll use, uh, do a signing and then get Kyrie. Kyrie to the Warriors, he's saying, y'all. Kyrie to the Warriors. Um, and then Kaminga, who did I? Oh, Draymond. I had, I think I had Draymond and Kaminga going to Dallas. So, first of all, I would love that. You know, second of all, this man need to pass me the gummies. (laughs) You know, could you imagine Kyrie and Steph on the same team? Kyrie coming off the bench you know, behind Steph, you know, because they ain't starting Ooh. together if they're on the they, same yeah, team. They're definitely starting together. Oh, no, okay. that's, it, was, it wasn't, okay, that's what it was, my bad, because I, I just remember, it wasn't Draymond, it was Clay and Kaminga to Dallas for Kyrie. So you keep, you keep the role open by having Kyrie, you know. That makes a little more threes. sense, you know. But if we notice in the Lakers series, Jordan Poole was taking bad shots. Clay couldn't hit any shots. It's like Jordan Poole couldn't make his mind up whether or not he wanted to. You know what? I got the ball in my hand. Let me be a playmaker versus a long-distance shooter. And then when Clay was getting the ball, you know, he rarely puts the ball on the floor and gets points anyway. And I think it was working to their detriment because it's like you just assume. Like Clay Thompson is one of those guys. He's like Drew Brees. Drew Brees, 39. If he has a clean pocket, especially against Atlanta, and he throws the ball as the camera pans, you just know Marcus Colson is going to be open for 11 yards for a first down, or Devery Henderson is going to be open, or Reggie Bush on a little dig route outside, he's going to be open, and it's going to be a first down. When Clay shoots that ball, you assume it's going to go in. And it's just a lot of those shots against the Lakers didn't go in. But you're like, you know what? If I can package Kaminga and Clay, I love you, Clay. But you know, like Dunleavy Jr. doesn't. So, so I like, so I love the thought of Clay next to Luca. Like it makes a lot of sense. You it know, makes, it I, makes perfect sense for Dallas. I just, I just think the Warriors may be at a point of, do we got one more in us? Or they're at a point where the last GM who loves all of them, who was there for these six NBA finals runs, is gone. And Mike and Draymond loved him a lot too, you know. So there's that, you know, Draymond so, has opted out. 
Well, the, I think okay, I think the opt out kind of makes it seem like guys want to leave. It's not right. they, they're trying they to get more leave. money. Yeah. They they opt out because it's like I have the option to opt out and just get an extension. I don't know how much more money it is. I don't think it's a matter of oh, I'm I opted out of thirty five million. Or maybe so it's now, security. So now maybe an extra year 40. or two. You know, it could now be an extra want years. forty a year. It's like all right, I opted out of this forty. Now give me three years, sixty five. Mm-hmm. I know it's my probably my last deal, but I want to be locked into seventy five right. million dollars versus playing out for this 40 and they can just flat out cut you at the end of your deal so so remember a couple of weeks ago we were talking and i said yo you don't need to have a fire sale but i would move marcus smart so what do you think about porzingis to boston i like it i like it just because he's because he's a talent just just because he's a talent what i don't like is now they they have even less coming from their point guard position. Unless they're going to insert Malcolm Brogdon into the starting lineup and have him play like a true well, point remember, guard, which he uh, didn't do at all all last season. He was well, playing well, remember, like before this dude. deal went through, the original deal involved was the Clippers, him. and they were sending Brogdon there. So... Is he gonna be? Is he gonna play? Is he gonna be like Lamar Odom when the the we, we get the Chris Paul and his bad luck? But that Chris Paul deal had Lamar Odom going, and then when David Stern vetoed it, Lamar says, "I watched the interview. Either either he was on the, he was in an interview or on or on the Kardashians. He was talking to someone about it, but he did say like, yo, that really bothered me.' So then they traded him anyway. Mm-hmm. They got him out there anyway because it was like he was already like you already let me know." You were willing to let me go, but then the NBA stopped it. So now I'm back. And we're gonna say, Hey man, I'm so happy to go, see you. Go get your jersey, get your locker back. Go get a go get go yeah. get a new passcode. Cause you know you gotta trade, you gotta give shit back. You gotta give the codes back, you gotta give whatever access keys you have, the playbooks, you gotta get all that stuff back. So you give it all back, and then you ready to go on the plane, and it's like you get a Twitter update. Yeah, it was like that. Uh, it was like that Mace video when he was on the phone with the girl. You know, you know, I was just saying that to make, make you mad. mad. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he he might move, but I, you know, if you if you can make a move and get a true point guard, if if he really is unhappy, because mm-hmm. people say be a professional, I was like, ah, I could be a professional and also still have feelings. Like, listen, you literally. Right. We're willing to get rid of me four days ago. They're not mutually exclusive. You know, yeah, I am we, shocked that Memphis gave up Tyus Jones, though. It doesn't it doesn't seem like it makes a lot of sense, but like I said in our little pre-meeting, we you know we jotted a couple of notes down through through conversation. Marcus Smart might be able to give you the Dylan Brooks defensive intensity and the I don't want to say the aptitude and the actually guard. be better actually be able to back it up. Dylan Brooks wasn't that bad. If we break down them, it wasn't that bad. He just, he just, he just was obnoxious. Defensively, <laughs> he probably was as good as any other of your six, seven defenders, your wing defenders in the league. He just, he was all theatrics coming into the. Like, he's walking to the arena like he was a wrestler. Like he literally dressed like Stone Cold Steve Austin one night and came in. It's like stop. I don't think he played. I think he came in dressed like that and like he was a do not like he was a healthy scratch. So he just wore that to just. <laughs> To come watch his team play. Just so we could talk about him. 
Yeah. So, but I think Marcus Smart, and then he might not be your traditional point guard, but he can, he can approach it with this understanding, like, all right, I can run the point, like I'm here to handle this, versus a situation like Steph. Like Steph doesn't really run the point. You know, I think Steph would come up and give the ball up and run around and get the ball back and shoot. Versus yeah, that's Marcus why Smart Draymond does the leave. The empire is really over. I think they're gonna, like I said, I think they're gonna pay him, but. Clay and Kaminga might be in Dallas and they might bring Kyrie in. But my take that I was telling you earlier that I thought I thought about it as soon as I heard about this trade was was it June right now? So in April, there was a game against Phoenix, Golden State. And after Steph got an AM one, he said it ain't 2014 no more. Referencing the Chris Paul Clippers mm-hmm. eliminated them from the playoffs. That was the last team to do it in the West before this in year. In the West before this mm-hmm. year, yeah. So that was like that was like that was something I thought about as soon as the trade happened. And then I saw I was watching First Things First today. You know, when I was taking my shower after the gym, and Kevin Wilde said the same thing. We tend to say a lot of the same things. Like him and I, I just noticed that like a couple of my takes because he has Chris Broussard and Nick Wright who are always like on the ends of their spectrum so they're arguing from like the complete opposite ends of the table and like wilds like right in the middle he's like all right let's take so your he point. provides the logic i mean i think we're just like kindred spirits in that way so <laughs> but it's, it's probably happened like three or four times where i'm thinking something while the, these two are going back and forth and he'll say something very similar but that was one of the things it's like it's not 2014 no more like well, that you know what it made me think of two months ago it made me think of the 2019 Western Conference Finals, and there were the reports that came out saying that after the Warriors eliminated them and they were in, like, the tunnel and in the hallways, they were just screaming, F Chris Paul, F Chris Paul. You know, it made me think about that. That's that he's the dirtiest player. He's the dirtiest player in the league. He's like, if you question the league, people will say Chris Paul is the dirtiest player in the league. So I only imagine that he hit he's hit Clay. Yeah, yeah Dominique Foxworth. I was listening to Dominique Foxworth, you know, Foxworth Friday on Bo Money Jones today. You know, shout out to both of them. Um, he was saying that, you know, because he was a part of the NFL union. Um, so he went to the NBA union to like help them do some things and he met Chris Paul and he was like, I I, I get it. He was like, you meet Chris Paul, you talk to him. He's got all his stuff together. He just seems like the most mature dude in the room. And then you go out on the court and he'll punch somebody in the nuts. Like- <laughs> he's, he's done it a lot. Like arm. He was like arm. Like, like, dude, you're you're he's as dark as I am. He's hitting dudes with white shorts with his whole arm. Like, at least play a team with some black shorts and do that, but <laughs> Don't do it at all, man. Don't do it at all. And I mean, some listen, sad news. And some sad you're news. Cheat. You're not cheating. not trying. And some sad news. We talked about this briefly as well before, but they've already come out and said that the Bulls don't expect Lonzo Ball to play this season. But what I wanted to talk about the Bulls real quick, you know, before we get out of here, is who the hell Zach Levine think he is talking about don't trade me to the Knicks? You know, when, when I look around the landscape of the league, the Knicks might be one if they were to try to trade for him, they might be a team that could offer Chicago the most. Yo, Zach Levine got drafted by Minnesota, and he has the most famous draft video I've ever seen. When they drafted him, he did this. <laughs> and he Not got quite Zion, but yeah. 
he did the handshake with his brother and he tried to play it off later by saying it was like a relief. I was like, I know nobody's relieved like. to go to Minnesota. I'm like, that's not what a that's not a relief face. But then they had a good team. He just one of those guys that I think he's good. I think he's always been good. And Dan Hurley was talking about uh the kid from Connecticut, uh, Jordan Jordan Hawkins. Jordan Hawkins, Angel Reese's and, cousin. Yeah, he was like he's like Jordan Hawkins is one of those guys that. He just worked hard. He hasn't had people kissing his butt the whole time, so he's always had to work. Some players might have had people just kissing their butt the whole time and then get into the league, and then they just they feel that. And you look around like you know who you're better than. Zach mm-hmm. Lane probably knows that when he matches up against Donovan Mitchell, he's like, I'm better than this guy. When he matches up against Dame Lillard, he might feel like this guy can't guard me. Or he matches up against even like a guy like Kawhi or something like that. And I know these guys play or when he matches up against Devin Booker or if he looks at DeMar DeRozan, like, yo, I beat this dude in practice all the time. Why am I the guy always getting the blame and things like that? But that just depends on who you have in your team, you know, in your corner. Because you have to have some self-awareness. Like, listen, you go places done pan out. It doesn't mean you can't go somewhere else and make, make it happen. Russell Westbrook is a prime example. Wherever he goes, they blame him for something. And then the next game that Russell plays against that team, he 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 puts every bit of energy he has in the bus in their ass. And he just and he doesn't say anything in the interviews. He didn't say anything about LeBron basically blaming every faulty thing on him, even though Anthony Davis is out there with a crutch trying to play basketball and what Russ is out there playing 79 games, 77 mm-hmm. games. So he he just he does just do it. But you have to have that self-awareness to know that I'm just playing basketball, I'm good at it. And it's not, it's not like, it's like, you know, what Yoki said, it's like basketball is not my whole life. Yeah. You know, um, our buddies over at Hoops Hype, you know, said that, you know, Houston could be a threat to get Brooke Lopez. So, you know, going back to Ime Udoka being the you coach, get Al Horford. you know, I think I like that fit. You know, I think that with a young team like this, you know, for lack of better words, they need a parent. Or, you know, somebody that'll hold them accountable. Maybe Brooke Lopez can be that guy for them. But in Orlando, we've been talking about, hey, they should trade Jalen Suggs. And, you know, we got reports saying they uh, put Cole Anthony on the block. And then what did they do last night? They went and got Jet Howard, you know, and they went and got Anthony Black, who a lot of people had projected around that range, but just going to a different team, you know. So that could be your starting backcourt going forward, potentially, if. You think that Wagner and Bancaro are your front court of the future, which I think they should think that. So maybe you got a year or two to let the guards grow into those positions if that's the route that you choose to go. And they still got Markel Fultz. And then last thing I wanted to bring up, uh, the Grizzlies GM. You know, uh, Ja Morant's punishment is appropriate, and it is up to Ja to change his behavior. Yeah, uh that that dude doesn't want to lose his job. <laughs> he don't want to that's, Mark Cuban this thing, huh? Yeah, that's the answer you have to give. Mark Cuban can say whatever he wants because Mark Cuban is probably his net worth now is probably like six billion dollars, if not like his individual net worth, and then a team he could probably sell for another four, four and a half, five billion if he wanted to. So Mark Cuban, he has a few money. I say whatever I want. You want to find me? Cool. I'm gonna pay this fine, and I'm gonna pay four kids to go to college. The same week, so we talk about that and not the fine I just had to pay. Yeah, I and you're gonna look dumb for finding me after this charity work I just did. 
yeah what kind of what kind of human are you yeah come on adam <laughs> yeah. you know so like i think the, the problem with the nba and it's something that i got from colin cowherd is that there is a it masquerades as parody by giving the bottom teams an opportunity to draft at the top but the way the contracts are written and the way that the teams that already have good players. If you are the Lakers and Anthony Davis comes up for an extension, if you want parity in the league, you should say other teams can offer you five years max money. Your team can offer you four. Like if you really want to move the talent around post the 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 Boston three party the Boston three party and the Miami Heatles and then the, the Golden State Warriors with the KD. If you really want to move the talent around, you either flat out limit what a max contract is. Just give it a real title. Like, listen, you can give this contract. If you have two top 50 players on your team, those are your max contracts. No matter what, if it's Chris Paul and James Harden, Chris Paul's 50 and James Harden's one. You got two top 50 guys. Those are your max deals. You can't get another one. You can't get a Bradley Bill in here. You can't make a deal to get KD in here. Like, we need to get Orlando on TV. We can't do that if because Orlando doesn't equal ratings. Well, Orlando would equal ratings if Orlando had Anthony Davis. But why do all that when he's already in LA and you could keep him there and talk about the Lakers 24 7? Because you have this one and done rule. that you set in place because you wanted to send the top talent to college so people watch college basketball, but we stopped watching college basketball because you don't allow the talent to play out because these guys go to these young guys go to teams like Houston and Orlando and you don't put them on TV. But I think so the, the other is, young guys we don't watch, so we only watch the old guys. But I think the problem, the problem is is that the NBA more than any other league, at least professionally, they rely on dynasties you know, good guys and villains, because you see the reaction when we get Denver and Miami in the finals. It's like, whoa, what are we doing here? Nobody wants to watch this. You get all that talk about, you know. The Phoenix, the Phoenix, Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, KD team is ridiculous. Even though people are talking about, well, those guys aren't injured, yada, yada, yada. It's, It's ridiculous. If the Clippers traded or release Paul George, and he went to the Lakers right now, and it was AD, LeBron, and Paul George, that it looks silly. It's just unnecessary to just allow these these. Like this oh, and by the way, and by the way, allegedly Paul George could be on the trade block uh, with Houston and Portland as suitors for him. Yeah, once again, like, is this, I get that everyone has two stars. Denver has two stars, but for two years, Jamal Murray was not there. Right. And Jokic won MVPs, and then Murray came back and they won a championship. But they didn't fire anyone. Their best player got better every year. He worked out, he got better. Orlando, Pablo Bancaro won rookie of the year. If it doesn't work out this year, his half his team will look different next year. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't work in... Hell, if it doesn't work in Boston next year, that coach could be gone and the team could look different just because no one wants to ride it out and get the teams and get the players and get these young players, get them on TV. 
get them some person, like give them opportunity to show some personality. They get a technical if they, you know, they pump their chest too hard. It's like, mm -hmm. you're not selling a product. You're selling, you're selling all of us, these old guys and they're, they're done. It's, 20, it it's June 2023, June 2025. Are we going into the 2025 season with LeBron, KD, Chris Paul, Steph, Clay Thompson, Bradley Bill? Are these guys in the league still? Probably in not. Two years from now? Are they all in their prime? Probably I not. Mean, you might you have. Oh, Kawhi's gone. Paul George is going to be gone. This is two years. This is 24 months from now. You might have you still have Giannis, maybe Embiid. Ben Simmons is gone. He was supposed to be the the, the new stud point forward, the six ten to six eleven guy. He's essentially he's gone. So who are you propping up? Like who do you have? You have Jai who can't you got, uh, I can only imagine he's on he's gonna keep doing what he got suspended for. I don't know. You got New York, New York, big city of dreams, and everything in New York ain't always what it seems. Listen, so you got Jalen Brunson. He's cool. And then you got Julius Randle. You got, I mean, like you just, you have Damian Lillard. Is he still in the league in two years, even though he has $60 million? Yes, he is still so in the league. I don't they know where he's going to be. They're they going to have to figure out a way to really spread the talent around. Because even the Boston deal with Porzingis, Jalen Brown, and Tatum is like, come on. Yeah. It's like, Let's do you see. really want parity or do you want ratings? Because you're gonna get the TV, you, you got the spot already. So I mean that's kind of pseudo kind of get I on mean, my chest. Only like, the only the NFL is ahead of you, so like you don't need you don't need to do all you need which you, you need Houston to be good. You need yeah. you need Houston's a big enough, I mean, fourth biggest city in the country. And not even that, you just need you need to be able to interview somebody else. We can't talk about John Morant all year. You can't keep talking about LeBron because he's gonna be done. Get all get all the regions in the country. Get all the regions in the country some kind of representation. Luke and is you in Dallas. Have, and you ready for this? And then you will have a national basketball association. Because right now you have a New York, Miami, Boston, LA association. And I don't think that, that doesn't that doesn't sound as good. You have a there California, you have New York, Florida association. There you have it. But a Texas minor league. <laughs> but ladies and gentlemen it's that time of show unfortunately where we have to get something off our chest sorry y'all i had an early morning so we got to get out of here a little early but um so i'm going to be the only one with to get it off my chest tonight you know i'm freestyling it of course you know saying but i just got to do this because i just i felt it in my soul I felt it in my soul <laughs> john vincent calipari Great recruiter, not so much a coach, unless you actually count the coaching part. So the one thing I've always liked about Calipari is that he's able to convince all of these stars, these one-and-dones, to actually come together and play like a team. You know, nobody seems – he had John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, Eric Bledsoe, all on the same team. And, you know, wall. they weren't fighting about these things. They found a way to work together. They made it to the Elite Eight. You know, uh, back at UMass, he had Marcus Camby. You know, Memphis, he had Derrick Rose. You know, he got to Kentucky, he had De'Aaron Fox fight. It just goes on and on and on. All this talent just to end up with one national title that he got with Anthony Davis, Michael Kidd, Gilchrist, and others. You know, uh, I believe Deron, Deron Lamb 
was actually the MOP of that national title tournament or because, you know, they don't do it for the whole tournament. Like basically whoever had the best national title game is the I MOP. I think that was AD. I think it's AD. Know, should have been if it wasn't. But anyway, um, the point that I wanted to make about him is that after that year and Kentucky uh, – Went 38-0 in oh, – I'm sorry, 36-0 36, 36 in 2015 with the Harrison Twins, Devin Booker, Tyler Eulis, you know, Carl with a K. You know, they, they had all this talent. Went 36-0, lost to Wisconsin in the Final Four. You know, Duke went on to beat Wisconsin for that title. And they had bench players getting drafted in the first round off of that team, Daniel Orton. And John Calipari made the statement, this is the greatest night, that draft night, this is the greatest night in Kentucky basketball history. So that's why I felt it was apropos to bring it up in this particular setting because the draft was last night. And he, now you have DJ Wagner, Aaron Bradshaw, Justin Edwards, all projected to be first round picks next year. But your national player of the year, Oscar Shibway, just went undrafted. You got Obi Toppin's little brother, Jacob, just went undrafted. And he went to New York to go play with his brother. You know, Pacers picked up Shibwe, first Naismith Award player to ever not get drafted. Then you got, uh, you had Kaysen Wallace get drafted, you know, so things are okay. But then you had Chris Livingston, a freshman who can't shoot. He's another one of these 6'6 guys that can't shoot go number 58 to the Milwaukee Bucks. So, like, he's in a good situation because he went to Milwaukee. But nonetheless, number 58. This is what happens when you put the draft and your legacy, hate that word, but you get it, over the winning program. Kentucky has eight national titles, second only to UCLA with 11. If you cared about the draft a little less, you might have even passed UCLA by now. But at this point, what is John Calipari other than a shell of himself? So he was Mr. One and Done. The game passed him by because Coach K said, I'm going to show you how to do this. Now we're in this new era of NIL. And you, got, you had the Naismith player of the year. Could have offered him $8 million in NIL. And he said, no, I'm about to go to the NBA and either be undrafted and pick where I can go or I'm going to end up overseas somewhere. So what did you do to not get that dude back? Reevaluate yourself, John. Us Kentucky fans want national titles. But, hey, that's what I wanted to get off my chest. I don't know what John got going on, but, you know, Coach Cal, bring it home. Bring it home. I see Duke and Kansas number one and two again in the early season polls. And you got the number one recruit class. Where they do that at? <laughs> you know, but yeah, I just had to say that because the draft was last night. And like I said, it just hit me. Like I felt it in my diaphragm. Like I was, I didn't even know where my diaphragm was until I woke up this morning with that on me. <laughs> so, you know, but yeah, I just had to, yeah, man, I had to just say that. Like Cal, I still like Coach Cal. I'm not one of the ones that's like throw him overboard. But at some point with all this talent, you got to win at least one more. Butler went to back-to-back championships out of a Mid-America conference. He just went 9-16 two, two, three years ago at Kentucky. After, 
at their best player got drafted. So not like they had Gordon Hayward both years. He was only there for the first run. Don't make sense. Matt Howard, shout out to Matt Howard. I don't know where Matt Howard is these days, but, you know, shout out to you. You know, but hey, Sports Reports is ordered. Thank you, everybody, for the support. Thank you, everybody, for the love. Thanks for the feedback. Like, subscribe, reviews, free. You don't got to pay nothing. I will never charge you. But All you got to do is share know. your opinion and we'll listen. I just want you to know that we value your opinions. We, about, we value your feedback. And regardless of who's doing the talking, this is your show. So, you know, hit us up with topics. Hit us up with feedbacks. Hit us up with things you want to see. You I want to argue with somebody. Hit me up. Yeah, do that too. You know what I'm saying? Especially, I'm you know. It. I want to smoke. You know, Raph out here, you know, calling out the transgenders and everything. So, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like going hard in the paint. I was I was just, you know, just stating, stating an opinion. Stating an opinion. And, you know, saying he's stating opinions. I'm going to hit you with a fact. America, we love you. See you Monday. Peace.